0: I try to pride myself on not ever doing anything for anyone else or any other reason, um, unless it I find some like deep value or want to do it. Um, I think hearing that people might think like, wow, that's she's really selfish or that sounds selfish. And I I probably would have thought that a few years ago myself, but I've learned that it's just a boundary um, that I have. So. With competing for me, that keeps me like very engaged and it's the fun of it.
1: My name is Jake Thompson, your chief encouragement officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit competeeveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, competitor. Jake here, your chief counsel, and welcome to the PODCAST. I am so incredibly excited that you are here today as we get to welcome my new friend, Kendall Robowski to the show. Kendall is a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur of a design studio. Oh, by the way, she is a high rocks athlete as well. And we get into this idea of, of balance, right? How do you balance all of this? How do you train at an elite level? while still balancing running a business, being a mom, we dive into the importance of controlling the things you consume. Not just what do you read, what do you listen to, but what are the conversations around you like? Who do you screen and how do you cut off negative conversations and in individuals? Why is it so incredibly important to surround yourself with the people who have the traits or the habits that you desire to build. So we dive into all this. Kendall shares a lot of her stories. She shares things that she's used and leveraged over the years to have success in these various areas and how we can take it and apply it as well. And pay special attention to what Kendall says toward the end of this episode about a random, ordinary Tuesday and how that was the catalyst that changed everything. As we dive into the show, we are finishing up this year and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you listening to the show, tuning in each week, multiple times every week. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart how grateful I am for you. We've got some incredible things coming in the pipeline for 2024, including the Competitor Mindset course, the Lead Better daily course, the release of my new book, which is now available for pre-order called Lead Better Now. If you haven't grabbed a copy yet, Highly, highly, highly encourage you to do so. Pre orders will get an autographed copy. We'll be shipping them out here at the end of the year, so you will have it in hands before the official release date of January 16th. All you got to do is head to competeeveryday.com. You'll see the main tab for books or to go directly to it, go to leadbetternow.co. You'll get a ton of additional resources, downloads, things to help you lead better in your work every single day, in your career growth as you continue to make an impact on others. So. Support the work, support the newest release, but no more than anything, that book is designed to support you. It's to help you get a foothold as a leader, as a manager, to make a bigger impact. And I would love if you got yourself a copy, or heck, you grabbed a copy for multiple members of your team that you're wanting to help them build their career competitive advantage. So head on over to competeeveryday.com or leadbetternow.co. Hey, competitor, wanted to take a quick second and invite you to join me on a challenge. So one of the things I've set out for 2024 is to create monthly challenges for myself in addition to some of the daily habits I'm already doing to continually grow and set myself up for success. But what I'm doing this year is inviting you to join it with me. Every month is going to feature anywhere from four to six things that you'll need to complete throughout the month. Some will be daily, some will be just over the course of a month. And what it's designed to do is guarantee every month you're getting better physically, mentally, as a leader, relationally, spiritually, just in life. And here's the cool part, is within our community on Circle, Competitor Nation, our free community there, we're gonna find opportunities to share, right? Because there's gonna be opportunities for daily check-ins in some months, uh, chances to share some pictures or some wins you've had. But it's gonna be a great place to A, hold each other accountable, to encourage each other, and to keep competing every day to get better. And the best part, to throw in a little extra incentive as if getting better and growing wasn't enough, I'm going to pick a couple of random winners every month who complete the challenge with me to get some free Compete Everyday merch. So, what more do you need to get signed up for? It's free to sign up and join. Occasionally, you're going to get asked to make a post. If you complete the full challenge all month long, you'll be in the running to get some free Compete Everyday gear, and you're going to have some accountability to help you get better. So if you want to get joined and signed up, it's super easy. Head on over to www.keepcompete.ing slash challenge. That's right. We got rid of the .com. We have replaced it with the .ing. So www.keepcompete.ing slash challenge. If that's too much of a mouthful, just head on over to the link on my Instagram bio or down here in the show notes to get started with me in January getting better. What I'm doing is just these people that get signed up, I'm gonna be able to email you when the month starts with the new challenge, I'm gonna check in on you during middle of the month and then we're gonna have our giveaways at the end of the month. So that's it, that's all this email is gonna to send to you is when the new challenge hits, what's the challenge and how to get plugged in. And we're kicking off January 1st, here is the very first challenge. Your goal throughout the month of January is to Read two books, do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups every day. Get 8,000 steps in per day. No impulse buys. No impulse buy I mean when you get that urge to buy a new pair of Jordans, when you get that urge to buy something for yourself, you have to wait 24 hours. You have to not give in to that dopamine rush, that late night shopping. You got to wait at least one full day before you click buy because it's going to give you time to think about do I really need it do I really want it do I have the money for it so that is part of the challenge then the rest of the challenge is text a different friend every day to check in how do you build that leadership influence by building relationship so every single day your goal is to text a different friend to check in every morning your goal is to review your goals so write down what your goals are for the month or for the quarter or for the year and review them every day to make sure you're intentional with how you're showing up today and step number seven As we're doing dry January, no alcohol from January 1st to January 31st. So if you want to jump in on this challenge, let me recap it again. In January, it's read two books throughout the course of the month. You just got to read two books. Hopefully one of them is my new one, Lead Better Now. You've got to do 100 push-ups and 100 setups every day. You can spread those out throughout the day. You can knock them all out in one big chunk. you got to get 8,000 steps in every single day. Get your body up and moving. We know it's so important for our health. No impulse buys. you got to wait 24 hours from when you get the urge to do some shopping on Amazon Prime to when you actually maybe shop, click the button, or maybe you don't. You're gonna text a different friend every day, so 31 people in your phone, in your network, are gonna get a text from you checking in on them. You're gonna review your goals every morning. You're gonna start your day focusing on what you're trying to achieve in life, and last, you're gonna participate in Dry January. So if you're up for that challenge with me, to start the year on a strong step that's gonna make you better mentally, physically, uh, relationally, and as a leader, I want you to head on over to www slash challenge. So you can join in with me and I will see you as we kick off next month. Now let's get into today's show with my friend, Kendall Robowski. Kendall, welcome to the compete everyday podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, I, I am intrigued a little bit about your story. And I think I guess the first place I want to start is how in the world do you balance everything? <laughs> Family, fitness, very competitively, uh, career. Give me one. Give us a snapshot of each of those compartmentalized like personal life fitness what you do cuz obviously you are one of the best in the world at some of the competitive stuff you do fitness wise uh and then obviously career and then tell me how you invest your time to make it all work
0: yes um i've learned there's no such thing as balance um <laughs> i think the idea of like juggling it all or finding balance um is like a fairy tale um, I think that there are some days that have to be 90%, um, parenting and only 10%, maybe you time or getting to train or work out. I think there's some days that have to be hundred percent, right? Like when we go to a race, you have to be hundred percent in that competitive mode. My husband has to be on board with like, Hey, if there's a like emergency or issue, like I can't know about it. Um, So I think that's been one thing that I've given up on trying to find this balance, because otherwise you're always going to be pulled in like a million directions and never feel like you're really present in any or doing any well. Um, Did you chase
1: balance for a while?
0: Yes. um, Before I um, started my own business, I was a teacher. And when I had my first, um, my daughter, I went to a 60 40% contract. And so I was trying to teach 60% of the days. So Monday through Wednesday, and then I was trying to be a mom full time. And I think the best way to describe that or how I felt then I was giving 120% to teaching and 120% to being a mom. So it was just leaving nothing and I wasn't doing any of them well. Um, So I was like, I have to restructure this somehow that works better for me. Um, so I can feel like I'm actually showing up to any of them.
1: I love that. I I mean, it's, that's a great self-awareness. Most people kind of get to, I would say a breaking point to get that realization or they don't realize it until it's too late, right? Kids are grown, they're out of the house, uh, and they don't have a chance to do that do over, but you kind of saw some of that in the moment. Let's, let's go back a little bit. You are for those that have not started following you yet. We've obviously linked to you here in the notes. And I don't want people to give you a follow because you are heavily, heavily involved in the fitness world. High rocks. Uh, you've done that kind of like you are. You've kind of bounced into some different fields. One, what made you transition from, Hey, I'm working out for me to like, mm, I kind of want to compete with this. And then not only that, like, you're traveling all over. You were in Dallas uh, a few weeks ago where I raced. You potentially have another one coming up in California. You got more coming up next year. Uh, what was that transition from, hey, I'm training for me to, oh, this is fun to, I want to be really good at this.
0: Um, they had to be the same. They had to be <laughs> one and the same. Um, So I try to pride myself on not ever doing anything for anyone else or any other reason, um, unless it I find some like deep value or want to do it. Um, I think hearing that people might think like, wow, that's, she's really selfish or that sounds selfish. And I, th- I probably would have thought that a few years ago myself, but I've learned that it's just a boundary um, that I have. So with competing for me, that keeps me like very engaged and it's the fun of it. Um, even though we all know in that moment, you're like, why do I do this? This is like, this is my fun, but I have to like, one of my mantras is like, you love this shit. You love this shit. Like there is something about it that I really love. And there's nothing better than like, I'm so lucky. And I have a group here of particularly like female women who are like down all the time too. And we love like that hard stuff um our gym owner is like one of our good friends and he's always like either in for it too or like yeah you guys can come and set up whatever like that sounds crazy but let's try it um so that's kind of where that came from it wasn't um i don't know the competing why why we decided to compete one day i think my girlfriend Yeah. like what
1: what got you into high rocks in the first place
0: yeah i think my girlfriends were like let's sign up for a half marathon And I was like, you know, my other friend just sent me this and he said, Hey, it's kind of lit like lifting and you love lifting and you love running and you shouldn't really be fast based on like what you lift. There's like a whole world of people like that. Like go try it. So I threw it out to them and we went to, um, Anaheim. I think it's about like nine months ago was our first one. And we got hooked. I mean, you know, it's so fun and was that your, how many have you done now?
1: Oh no, no. That was very first signed up on okay. Wednesday, raced on Saturday. Like not uh-huh. my smartest decision, but it was fun.
0: It's fun. And, um, you know, it's almost, I tell everyone like the first one is almost, you don't know what you don't know. Yep. So you go in and I thought I was training by like one day a week, I would do a thousand meter row. I'm like, look, I trained for high rocks. Like it was just an addition to what we were already doing. Luckily. Our normal everyday training is kind of a great like segue into it. Um, but yes, it changed very quickly once we went to Anaheim and we did that first race. And I was like, oh, OK, now I see what we need to implement to actually like get better at this.
1: Yeah. Talk talk to me a little bit about you mentioned it earlier. Uh, you have tons of things, right? You've got family responsibilities as a, as a mom, as a wife. You are an entrepreneur, which I want to talk about as well. You've got this fitness life as well where you're traveling, you're competing. You mentioned your strong group of girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious where that started and how impactful having some of those people around you, especially from a physical sense, training-wise, but also life sense, how that's impacted your success in those other areas.
0: I don't want to say it's 100%, but it's damn close. Um, I think that finding people that you like their everyday practice is what you are striving to be is who you should surround yourself with. So I'm luckily get to be with people who I'm not pulling out of bed every morning to go train. Like they're equally like, let's go. Where are you? I looked at this and I found this. What do you think? And we're just always like kind of brainstorming together. Um, and I shouldn't just say ladies, we definitely have some men as well who are in it. but for it's kind of like girl and my social time. So like instead of going to a happy hour later or like going to a dinner, when I now get to spend that evening time with my family and my like gym training time gets to also be social, which I'm so blessed um, to have. And you asked where it started. Um, we do have our like group uh, fitness right in our neighborhood. Um, our F45 here. And one of our girlfriends found it a few years ago. And ever since, Um, it's our little community and it's so fun. And then from there, there's just little things that we have grown. Um, One of my girlfriends started a run club. um, All the women in the area that want to come running. And I started hosting gym workouts in my garage, kind of for like anyone who is ready to do like kind of Scary hard things. Um <laughs> Murph, They're like, high um, rocks. yeah, we do Murf. Yep. They're, they're like, um, Kendall, you know, a warm-up is not like a two-mile, like at pace run. I'm <laughs> like, well, it's going to be today. <laughs> so
1: let me, let me, you, you mentioned, yeah. I was about to say, one of the things you said right there, I think is really important is is you identified people that had the characteristics, traits you wanted and made sure you surrounded yourself with them. Did you kind of sit down and say, like, was there a point in life where you're like, I want to do more of this. I want to be more like this. Who do I know? Who's around me that I can learn more and spend more time with it? Or was it kind of more of an organic as you were growing as a a mom, as a wife, as an entrepreneur that you started realizing like where I'm going, I need to be more intentional with what I'm doing and who I'm surrounding myself with.
0: Yes, I tried to be more um, in tune with how I felt around certain people um, because that was ultimately gonna like get me to grow and be my best version of myself at that moment and therefore attract people. I really f- firmly believe like your energy and your vibe attracts like your energy and your vibe. So if you're feeling like you're getting lots of negative people in your life and things that are maybe like not fitting, if you're not willing to like get rid of them, Um, I think you also have to have the hard conversation. Like, am I putting that off? Like, is that why these people are coming to me? Um, because I made a decision. I don't even know how many years ago now, but if I am going to say something to anyone or say it, it comes out of my mouth, it better be something that I would be willing to broadcast. Um, so in saying that it naturally kind of like weeded out any kind of conversation ever negative about anyone. Um, so if someone would try to talk in any negative way about someone to me, I naturally like shut it down because I knew if this conversation was broadcast, I'm not okay with what's going on. So it naturally kind of like flushes out. It makes people kind of feel, sit in their own uncomfortable that if you say like, Hey, I, I hear where you're going, um, let's change the channel. Um, and that can kind of take people off guard. Um, but I've learned to like really be okay with the decisions that I've made and every single day. So if someone's upset, um, I usually know it's kind of about them because I've made choices and decisions to Um, I'm trying to think about how to say this best
1: protect Uh, what you consume. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's fair. Well, one of the things I'm curious about that, obviously, as you shut down certain things, people have to sit in their own mess for lack Mm -hmm. of a better phrase. Some of those relationships obviously start to fade away Mm -hmm. and you spend less time with certain people that enjoy it. They enjoy that gossip, that complaining that, and you are more protective of what you intake, which is as you should, like you have to control what you consume. I'm curious from this as from a relational standpoint, because I think about like my wife and I and some of our social circles, and we've had similar conversations around this kind of stuff with people we've been around that sometimes that impacts both parties in a relationship. Mm -hmm. If say you and another wife or a couple of people, you're like, Hey, listen, they complain a lot. Like I want to spend less time. And your husband's like, I like hanging out with the guy. Like, how, how do y'all partner on this? So you're on the same page as a team to be protective of what's going in and the conversations you're around.
0: Yes. Um, I mean, luckily something that sounds like a very hard um, predicament to be in. Luckily, we have not been in something like that. Um, but I would say my husband is like a very wow. perceptive. I kind of like think of him in my head as like, a characteristic of a wise old dog. (laughs) I know that sounds weird. But you know, like the what the dog, the person that just like, doesn't make a lot of noise doesn't isn't like, Oh, isn't the young puppy like come look at me. Look at me. I'm like the yappy small dog that like thinks they're the pit bull like at the gate, like what do you need? Well, let's go. Let's go. And he's just kind of chill. But when he does decide to like, share or say anything, the room almost like listens, because He doesn't really, um, find the need to insert himself often. So with that being said, um, if I were to come to my husband and say, Hey, this relationship starting to feel toxic because of X, Y, Z, he would either tell me like, no, you're overreacting and let's move on. Or it would be like, I hear that. And I see that too. Like, let's move on as a couple. Um, love it. I don't know if that fully answers.
1: No, that that that's a, the, the fact you haven't been in that position means you've both been intentional about the type of people you hang out with. And there's not been that split, which yeah. is good. Um, And was curious around that. Switching gears a little bit, I'm curious because you have, you have a strong following online, you're super engaged, you put out some awesome content, but one of the posts you did that cracked me up was I think beginning of last month, uh, it was screenshots of all these haters. Like all of these troll comments. And yeah. I laughed this morning because i made a post on LinkedIn over the weekend that went viral. And first time I've had anything like that. But I, I laugh when I read through the comments because you just see people that are just miserable and want to make miserable comments, even though it has nothing to do with it. And I chuckle because when I walk away from them, I'm like, what motivates people to do? do that and then as i'm getting ready and i don't even know how i'd missed it the first time i saw your post about people making comments about your workouts and all that stuff and you reposted it which is what i loved because you just kind of brought it to the life and was like "Eh, you don't really have power how have you as an individual because i think we all struggle with sometimes wanting to be accepted and liked it's part of our human dna how have you learned to tune out the negativity or use it as fuel? Because I think that's a, a skill that most people fail to ever build.
0: Yes. Um, I don't really use it as fuel only because I don't think it even like enters my universe. Love it. Um, So it like doesn't even come in to be able to be like processed as fuel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I try to always tell my friends, my kids, everything. Like if you wouldn't take advice from that person on what they're speaking to you about, then why do you care about what of uh, anything else they're going to say about it? So like if you're going to come at me about a workout, um I better click your thing and you better be like Usain Bolt telling me like, "Hey, you want to work on that running form." But Usain Bolt would never come at me because anyone doing better than you is never going to say anything negative to you ever. Like someone doing well doesn't have the energy, the desire, the they just know better to ever say anything negative to someone who's trying. So, anyone saying anything negative to me, I know it's below what I'm currently doing because by a process of elimination, there's no way you're doing better than me. You would never say the things you're saying. Um so that's kind of how I just don't it doesn't enter me. Um I feel like every day in activity when we feel like we're going to like break down and then we don't all those little notches on my belt if you want to call it like or in my brain um has made me feel very um I don't want to say invincible but it it's created I tell people like I feel that there's like a yellow orange glow around me and you're not coming in unless I allow it or want you to so L-
1: Yeah. Love it. No, that's, I mean, that, that's a, a beautiful way to talk about blocking out a lot of that stuff and not even letting it even enter or sit there. And so that, I I appreciate you sharing that because I know a lot of people struggle with it, right? They see a comment, they fester, right? Our brain thousand good comments. You notice one negative one, you fester on it. But to your point, it's kind of the crabs in a bucket, right? Mm -hmm. The other crabs that are pulling you down are at the bottom, they're not the people that are outside thriving.
0: Yes, And just to add to that, I, um, give my, this is like a very childish example, um, to be very dramatic with it. But I tell my daughter all the time, um, if I look at you and I say, you have really ugly, ugly purple hair, what would you say to me? And she's always like, I don't have purple hair. I'm like, right. So if someone says something to you and you're not, you don't believe it at all, it should roll off you as simple as I don't have purple hair. So when someone says these things to me, um, if I feel any twing of like, ooh, that kind of hurt, I know that means I need to sit with that feeling myself and figure out like, why am I feeling like that that could be true in any way? Like it's a me thing, not what someone had said. And I don't go after that person. I go after like, okay, how am I going to sit better? Like, why am I not okay with that being who I am?
1: Yeah, I love that. Uh, Charles Barkley said it, he learned years ago, maybe his first or second year in the league, of taking criticism and feedback around the ideas like, is this true? Right. Like, it is part of what they're saying true? And if it is, what am I doing to correct it? Like, if I'm actively working to improve it, then I'm not going to let it bother me. But if I'm not doing the work and I know it's something, then I need it. It needs to. Eat, it should eat at me. Because I know it and I'm not doing anything about it. Um, So I like that little reflective piece. Let me ask you around that idea. What are some of your like daily non-negotiables? What are the little things you do maybe in the morning or throughout the day or in the evening that you're like, every day, these help me be my best me. It's not the selfish, it's the selfless work uh, that you put in that You're like, these are my non-negotiables.
0: It is some kind of movement practice. Um, It has to be. For many reasons. Uh, one, it's just my only time that I know like no one's coming, needs something from me. I don't have little hands touching me. Um, I get to kind of like not think about the emails. And I've had someone before, because I do, I have a movement practice. I move every day, seven days a week. So some people see that as like very extreme and like, why you can't take a day off? I'm like, well, it's kind of like you not eating a meal. For me, I've decided that's what keeps me going and that keeps me in my best version. It doesn't always have to be a 10 out of 10 of intensity and craziness and this long thing. Sometimes it can just be like going on a walk. Um and I think that I learned that with meditation, for example, that some people's practice, I still have thoughts and like uh, outside influences coming in with a hard workout I get to a point where there's nothing I can focus on except like the task at hand because it's so difficult and I'm like really listening to my breathing and I'm listening to like the only one thought that can come into my mind so I have found for me that's kind of like my meditative state um I know that doesn't sit and that's not everyone's practice but that's has worked for me
1: I get it no, that's, and hey, that's a similar world for me. My wife laughs. Uh, she was laughing this weekend with my dad. She's like, he's kind of wired like you, like my brain never shuts off. Like even like I used to go to movies to try to like unplug and just get lost in a story. And I would see something be like, oh, I can teach that. I can use that. Workouts are the one. Hard workouts are the one where it's like, I just got to think about the next rep. Not how many I have left, not anything else going on. Like mm-hmm. just work, focus on this. And to your point, like it's a really relaxing meditative state while it's a uncomfortable physical.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I feel like people who have gotten to that point also know the feeling that's going to come. So you're the person that's able to put aside what you feel in the moment in chase of what you like know is coming. So that delayed gratification. And I think there's something to be said about, um, that ability in life. It, trans- everything, not, I shouldn't say everything, but I have found so many aspects of life are from, are this come from a workout or like can be parallel or, um,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's true. It, It's the safest place to build a comfort with discomfort. Yes. It's the safest place to practice self talk when you're struggling. Like, it's the safest place to do that because it's, there's not really a whole lot at stake. Like, it's a tough workout. But if you can, when you're exhausted, when you're tired, when you're just like, I want to quit, but you can focus on, to your point, like when I was doing high rocks and my calves died the last, two one K's I was having to speed walk because anytime I ran my calves cramped and I was like humbled over, I was just speed walking and saying, I love doing this. Cause not everybody's out. Not everybody's out doing this. I'm doing things like I just continued to, to focus on that talk in the middle of the discomfort and frustration and everything else, because it's the safest place to do it. When you, for your point, you need it in life. You're building a business and you have a challenging season or a tough customer or something unexpected happens, and you need that self talk and that ability to focus and clear your mind. The gym, the training is where it really allows you to do it.
0: Right. And I feel like if you choose to do something hard, like no one's forcing you to go to the gym, no one's forcing you to sign up for that race and do something that was so hard. Like everyone knows that race is so hard. You, everything you do, from that moment on, is cake, right? Like you walk into every room different. You walk into every conversation different, knowing I just chose to do something so much harder than what you're about to bring to my table. Like we got this, and that day in and day out is why I say, like, it creates like a invisible force field of protection around yourself because you know you can handle what's ever going
1: to come at it. Yeah, hundred percent. It it changes. People's confidence. And that's that's the reason I love sports. That's the reason I'm, I'm passionate about fitness. I was telling a, a group this at a, a conference last month, they like, oh, you work out all the time. I was like, for me, similar to you, like mental, it's a place I need to go clarity. I feel better when I move. But I was like, I don't want to do it every day. Like, I'm not the guy that's super motivated to go into the gym every day, but I'm going to be like, I'm going to grind through it because today's the day that I'm reminding myself, okay, that day I don't want to do that work or I don't want to write on that book, or I don't want to do this. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to show up and do it. And I think part of that was, you know, my dad, when I was a kid, was heavy about like, I don't care if you don't feel good. Like, even if you're under the weather with like, you're still going into that, you're still going to go to school. You're still going to go to work. Like you got to do the things on the days you don't feel like it. And he poured that into me to where now it's almost to a detriment. I was like, I don't care if I have the flu, I'm getting some stuff done. (laughs) <laughs> and, but it's that mentality of like, I know this will pay dividends later because it's not about always how I feel, but what I'm capable of doing. So I love hearing how you shared that insight and, and packaged that uh, for us. You know, this has been a ton of fun. I know you had no idea coming in what we were going to chat about. Uh, and I was just going to kind of throw some different fastballs and curveballs at you. And, and you did fantastic. We connected uh, through Compete. You, you follow our brand. You connected with us there. Uh, I had a chance to see you run high rocks, literally went flying by me and thought, I'm not going to be running that fast today. Uh, but go you. And it's just been a joy to to get to learn and follow you and, and see what you're doing to inspire others, but also your group. And I think if I could take away anything today for our listeners, it's not only the importance of protecting conversations around the energy, the things you let in, but it's surrounding yourself with those people that you can count on to not only push you, but hold you accountable and encourage you. And you know, you don't want to let them down and they don't want to let you down. Um, and so it was really joyful to hear that because I know there was a group of y'all in Dallas and y'all got to race together and y'all are y'all travel and do this closing up. We're finishing out the year. It's the time of year when most people are like, eh, I'll get to that in January. I'll start mm-hmm. that in January. What are you doing now to work on next year's goals before next year starts?
0: Um, I don't have like a date of goals. So January one is an ambiguous number. Um, I think even from before I even started working out, I mean, I always joke that I'm a COVID athlete. That's like really when (laughs) I started. Um, and if I look back on kind of like data points, it was a random, like Tuesday afternoon. And then from that day forward, I haven't missed a day. Um so I think January 1 is an ambiguous number. I think that I try to know that every single day we woke up and it's not to be mediocre and I might wake up tomorrow and not be able to do the things I'm doing today. So if you're waiting until January 1st, you are losing out on three amazing weeks that could the rest of your life the decisions that you're making to change the rest of your life
1: a random tuesday and you haven't stopped since i love that day one day Day one one. so what's uh what's a goal or what's something you're chasing over the next 12 months no date Um, just chase
0: just chasing um to do what the other 99 don't
1: i love it wake up move settle never settle chase something of excellence right
0: Yeah, I think just and try and like make sure that you're having fun doing it and finding ways that it will be fun for you so that it can be every day. If it was something that you're like, oh, this is going to be awful. This is going to be awful. I get sometimes that happen. I those pop into my head every day, uh, not every day, but every once in a while, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do this. But you know that that's not an option because it is every day. So do it now or you're going to be doing it at 10pm on the treadmill in the garage and that sounds yucky. Wouldn't it be more fun to go do it with your friends. Um, So I think finding a way that like you want to do it the majority of the time.
1: I love it. I love it. We've, we've got links to your, not only your design company, but Thank your social media here in the show notes. And I think that's a, a fitting end. I just had a conversation with someone around, I told her to go have more fun at the gym. And she sent me a message and she was like, I can't be having fun if I'm lifting this serious weight. Cause I don't want to be, you know, hurt myself. I was like, well, wait a minute. Having fun doesn't mean being silly. Right. I said, having fun is enjoying the work. It's how yeah. you talk to yourself. It's being grateful. It's who you do it with that you can have fun doing Murph, but I'm not being silly doing Murph. I'm just like grinding it out a rep at a time, right? And so that way of how you set it to find something that's making you better, that you can have fun with, know that it's not just always feeling silly or happy. It's like, hey, I'm enjoying this because it's making me better. And to your point, doing what the 99% won't is playing the long game. And so cheers to you for picking your day one on a random Tuesday during COVID uh, and not looking back. Uh, We are excited to see what you do over the next 12 months. I know you're chasing some high rock skulls. Uh, And I would imagine now that I've bit the bug or been bitten by the bug, I should say, I'm going to be at another race or two. Uh, I mean, like I was like, I love this. I actually want to train for one though. Like this showing up three days. Yeah, not not my best deal. Body was not ready to run all that, but, uh, I had a blast learned a lot. Uh, and so I'll see you at a race, but Kendall, thanks so much for coming out, hanging out Thank on the show you. today.
0: Thank you. It was an honor. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the compete everyday podcast to get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at dot And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit CompeteEveryday.com.